Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Matt McNeil. Matt is a three-time Eagles winner and is currently bowling with the Wichita State Shockers. And Matt just also helped the Shockers win the 2015 X Bowling Intercollegiate Team Championships. Matt, Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thanks, Tim. It's uh, always a pleasure to be back on the show. Well, surprise, surprise, it's the USBC Open Championship. Who, did, who better to talk to, frankly, than Matt McNeil? When we want to find a newsmaker, it seems like every year, Matt, I pretty much have you on speed dial to talk uh, talked about you after the tournament because of your bowling. And again, this year, you were at it again, 22-26 for your all-event team total leading right now. Um, so first off, let's talk about, you know, going into the tournament. How did you feel your preparation was? And did you, you know, I don't want to say did you expect that big of a number, but could you could you see something like that happening if everything uh, fell into place? Well, going into the tournament, um, you know, my, my preparation was the same as it, as it is every year. I've, uh, I've established a really good routine. Um, I, I do a, a very p- uh, specific uh, dietary plan uh, in the month leading up to. Um, I, I try to be more physically active. Um, sometimes travel restrictions, if I'm bowling a lot of tournaments, will get into the way of that. But uh, I definitely try to be active. I try to, you know, lose any, you know, try to lose those five pounds that just seem to seem to linger uh, in in order to get ready from the event. And then also. You know, doing all your homework, uh, which I feel is so, so very important. Um, looking at the pattern, looking at the lane surface, uh, watching live streams, uh, talking to other people who have already bowled, putting all the information that they give you, formulating in that into how you can use that and, and what you need to do to your game with your arsenal, with your surfaces, with your layouts, 
and where you see yourself playing the lanes, and then finally to get mentally prepared for the fact that the the lanes are very, very demanding. And I, I think if you go in with the mindset of, I have to label shots, I have to hit the pocket, and I have to fill frames, if you do all those things, I think shooting the larger number just happens. Uh, I mean, I never go in expecting to shoot 2,200, but I'm not surprised when it happens because of all the work that I already described on the last couple minutes uh, because of all the work that I do in preparing for the tournament. Well, Matt, and it looked like watching your team event, the live stream, that I, I did not see you get the ball left of the five board. It seemed like if your miss was, your miss was a little... Or you did not get the ball right of five, I'm sorry. It seemed like your miss was left. And you, you must have went in with that game plan of, look, if, if I miss a head pin and I whiff the head pin, I'm going to be able you know make my spear and move along as opposed to going through and leaving a, you know, leaving a big four or leaving a, a designer split of some sort. So was that part of your plan as well, that you, you didn't really want to miss left because there was no hold area? Yeah, I mean, you... you you know, if if you miss one way or the other, uh, generally speaking on that pattern, you're going to leave a design, and it's going to be very, very hard to fill the frame. Uh, you, you miss out, and it's it's very easy to, uh, for a right-hander, it'd be very easy to 210, 2810, uh, or a combination thereof, washout, super washout. Uh, and then also, if you get, if you short the ball, uh, if you squeeze it, uh, you get a little slow, you get a little soft, it really wants to jump up on you and go right through the face. And when those things start to happen, any good bowler, under any circumstances, your arm swing starts to get a little tight, and and then repeating shots becomes inherently difficult. Are there any shots that you've been bowling on, any of the PBA, any of the world team pattern, any of the collegiate patterns that you bowled on that you could compare this to at all, or even when you looked at the graph and you said, oh, it might play kind of like this sort of thing, or is this a whole new animal for you? Well, I want to say, um, you know, that off the cusp, I I think I really never bowled on anything like this. Uh, It's, although that being said, I bowled on patterns with a similar design, with a high volume, shorter distance, less taper, uh, front to back, uh, which really makes a bowler work very hard at controlling your break point. Uh, getting the ball to read the end pattern is very, very critical, especially at nationals, because your ball wants to change direction so violently, and when that happens, your carry goes down, your split percentage goes up. So I, I really can't say that I've bowled on something exactly like this. Um, I can say through my the experience of my career and the experience that I've now finished up with collegiate, uh, I've bowled on things that are similar to this and require um, modifications to equipment sources and releases. Yeah, talk about your uh, collegiate bowling career. You just finished up Wichita State. You guys uh, won the 2015 the um, X-Bowling Intercollegiate Team Championship. So talk about that and some of the things you're going to take away from, from your bowling uh, at your time at Wichita State. Well, I, you know, going into into my collegiate career, um, going into that environment, you know, I thought, I, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a pretty decent team player, uh, this, that, and the other thing. 
and wow, was I wrong. Uh, <laughs> I learned, I think I learned not only a lot about team bowling, but I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about how to make my mental game a lot stronger uh, through my two years at Wichita State. It, it hands down is the best collegiate program in the country. If you want to get better, if you want to receive elite level coaching, that's where you have to go. Uh, there's just no question in my mind, and I'm saying that as a player, and I'm also saying that as a coach. Um, that's just it. Looking back on, now that I can say looking back on the two years that I spent bowling collegiately, I think it, it really, like I said, it really enhanced my team skills. Uh, it enhanced my mental skills, and it, it taught me a lot about myself, uh, not only as a bowler, but as uh, the person and culminating with that experience was when we won nationals and I, I will honestly say that as a person who has never enjoyed success with a team on that type of level that was easily the most gratifying accomplishment of my career and and I think it might stay that way it was absolute pure joy to accomplish that feat with my teammates uh, on, on the WFU Shocker men's team, it was definitely by far the most amazing experience I've had in my bowling career. Got to check in with Bill Semsart over at Bowling This Month. Bill? Hello, everyone. I've got three great new Bowling This Month articles I'd like to highlight this time. First, we've got USBC Gold Coach Joe Slowinski with an article detailing the anatomy of the hand and how you can utilize his new fitting technique to achieve a more natural grip that can help reduce tension and pressure. Next, we've got a new article from Dr. Chris Masano exploring the topic of gamesmanship and how you can make sure you're not a victim in your next head-to-head match. And finally, we've got an article from Heather D'Erico about the importance of post-workout recovery and how you can balance your bowling training and your fitness training without overdoing it. For all this and more, please visit BowlingThisMonth.com, where you can sign up for a no-obligation free trial. Back to you, Tim. All right. For all those articles and more, check out BowlingThisMonth.com. Well, man, as you know, myself and Coach K. Steve Klemkin, a Shocker alum, do a show, uh, the Collegiate Spotlight. And when we bring on these collegiate players and even the coaches, a lot of times you can just hear it in their voice, just the, the camaraderie that they have, much like what, what you described in, in your answer of what they learn and how they think you know, they think they're, you know, an okay bowler, a pretty good bowler going in, and then what they learn when they come out uh, of the program. And um, and there really does seem to be that Shocker Nation type team of, of you guys who <laughs> who are all together. And, and I still hear it, you know, with Steve, you know, before we'll chit-chat a little bit with the guests that we bring on. And it's still, there's still this, it's a fraternity that you guys are always, that you're always going to be a part of. And that, that's just, uh, it's, it's really cool to you know, to hear hear again from you and reinforce that. So let's talk about what you had in the bag and the bag at nationals. You're a Brunswick staffer, so if you can go as in depth as you want or as vague as you want, but you know, it looked like it was something with a little bit of surface and uh, and a Brunswick piece. That's that's what I could tell off the live stream. So if you want you want to help a little bit more than that for the folks out there, we got a lot of people that throw Brunswick and Motive and the DVA brand. So if you have any any advice or any words of wisdom for them, that would be much appreciated. Sure. Um, uh, I brought, uh, basically, I essentially brought uh, six balls out to Nationals. Um, uh, one of them, uh, one of my masterminds uh, through the 
through the joys of, of luggage handling, uh, cracked out. So I, I had to drill a new one on site, which, uh, it turned out to be, you know, the, uh, Joe at the Brunswick booth was, has done amazing stuff for me in the past. And, uh, this year he was no different. Um, he drilled the mastermind that I used in team event and the first two games of doubles. And so I had two masterminds, two LT48s, a intrigue, and uh, and an overseas ball that I, I pretty much use for spares. Um, that being said, uh, the main thing I'd say for anybody who's I've got a lot of messages about this already. I'm you know I'm, I'm not going to give away my layouts per se until the conclusion of the tournament, but I will say definitely will say this. The Brunswick shape at Nationals, I feel, not only as a player but as a coach, matches up very, very well with what the lanes want, and that is a slow response off of the end of the pattern. And when you can slow the ball down effectively at the end of the pattern and control your break point and elongate that transitional period, you avoid splits, your carry stays high, and you can score more. So, you know, for anybody going out there, I'd definitely recommend to drill uh, a Brunswick Mastermind, the regular one, or the Intellect. Um, I could definitely see a, uh, a scholar being very good out there. Um, you know, our Melee Jab and, and Gold Rhino Pro, Vintage, uh, and LT48, all three great choices out there as well, especially for the right side, because you're going to see a lot more friction uh, than I saw on the left. But the overall message uh, can, that I'd convey is, is what I saw going into it is that I'm controlling the break point, elongating that spot where the ball is going to change direction and just really trying to get the ball to slow down is, is the number one tip or hint I guess I could give away. Um, but I, I think that's pretty evident uh, watching all the live streams and uh, watching the guys who do very well out there. Yeah, Matt, I want to hit on that because there's been kind of some folks that have said, you know what, these live streams are great for the for the bowlers who are on their way out to bowl in El Paso. But for us guys bowling, we feel like it kind of it takes away some of the, the secrets, I guess you could say, or the actual being able to watch your ball motion and do that sort of thing. Do you are you of that mindset as well, or do you think uh, you know if you know what you still got to go out there and execute shots, and I I can watch you bowl every game for nine games, but I still got to execute and do everything that you just said there of keeping my speed, you know, and keeping my break point where it needs to be at all times. So, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are the live streams are great for the sport. Um, you know, we get more people interested in the sport, we get more people interested in the tournament. I, I think. That right now trumps everything else. Um, I think the tournament is is in a state right now where we need to, as bowlers, band together and support it. This is the richest part of history that we have in our sport. And if us as players don't kind of wake up and smell the roses, this tournament's going to cease to exist pretty soon um, with with how the numbers are going. So I think the live streams are good. The tournament is great for the sport. That being said, what you, what you touched on earlier is, hey, you know, you can watch somebody bowl and see how they play the lanes, 
but you still have to go out there and execute it. And for that fact, I definitely don't mind. Uh, you know, me and the Windflakers executed very, very well. Uh, you know, we executed our plan very well. And, uh, you know, granted we gave away some spares that, that cost us, but, uh, Otherwise, we had a chance at thirty-four fifty in my mind. If everybody was really sharp, we had a couple guys who uh, who just weren't sharp that day. And, you know, that's one of the challenges of team bowling is getting five guys to be super sharp, and it doesn't always happen. But uh, kind of just to tie it up uh, to answer the question is, I think the live streams are great. I think we need to continue to do them. That being said. I don't mind if somebody watches me bowl because they still go, still have to go out and put all the pieces of the puzzle together that fits their game and not mine. And if anything, it to the wrongly trained bowler, it might be a disadvantage because they see somebody playing them one way. Well, that doesn't fit their game. And now they're trying to do, now they come in with a mindset of, well, this is what works. It has to work. And I'm going to keep trying to tell it does work. And they shoot 1600. So, you know, it can it can definitely go both ways in my mind. Well, Matt, a uh, couple things that I want to hit on. Number one, I'm doing a lot of training on the pattern up here at, at Caveman Bowl with Chris Warren, Kevin Croucher, two of the PBA 50 stars right now. And Chris is of the belief that a team that wins at the cumulative average when you average everyone together is going to be over 40. Now, right now, Team NABR is leading it, and they're probably a little bit under that, or right, you know, maybe maybe under that, you know, by by a couple years. But I just want to get your thoughts because his thought is it's it's a pattern that some of the people with the the the, the more hand, the the you know, the crankers quotation marks are going to struggle on, and the tweeners and the you know the Lens Lakers, like you said, you guys legitimately after watching your stream, you're right, you got a couple guys who struggled. You, you said you you struggled on spares, but I still think I saw you know three or four spares of, among the whole team, which probably for your guys is struggling. But what are your thoughts on that? Is that kind of where you think if there's a team that's going to beat you, it might be like a, a Jeff Riggles, Mike Shady, Mark McDowell sort of team, or someone that's a little bit more seasoned and you know doesn't have that ball that you know makes that left hand turn when it hits the end of the pattern. Well, you know, I, th- I think it goes back to just talking about you know what you have to see down lane. Uh, Straighter guys and tweeners generally, for the most part, are good at good at controlling the back end very, very well. Uh, their ball changes direction slower and uh, less sharply. That's an advantage here. Uh, filling frames is an advantage. If you think about, you know, I think a good number would be 34 and a quarter on that. Well, to get to 34 and a quarter with five guys, we need... You know, most of the guys to shoot 680, and maybe one guy gets hot for 7-0. And if, if you're going to set them upright, it's definitely possible for one guy to shoot 7-0 at least. Uh, but you break down 680, how do I get to 680 in three games? You're saying, okay, I just need to throw probably about a three-bagger and a double and stay clean. And then I got 220 and change, and I keep the count high, and I'm home free. So... It's it's not asking that much to take the team event lead. What is asking a lot is you have to have 10 guys who are very, very dedicated to a game plan on the pair, and they're going to be filling because uh, you give one hole away, now you got to get a triple to make up for it. And triples aren't free out there. They just don't pop up because uh, the shot is so demanding. So 
really, I think that no matter who it is uh, that ultimately ends up winning team, whether they're older, younger, more seasoned, less experienced, I think that no matter who it is, the winners are going to be a group that executes a, a well-thought-out game plan, fills frames, makes good shots, and and does the right things with their ball motion, especially down lane. All right, well, final question for you, Matt. And i got to give a hat tip out to uh, folks at Bull.com. I believe probably Matt Canazaro or Aaron Smith put together this article about you. But um, just reading, and as I know you're a student of the game and, and a, a history buff on bowling, but uh, over your last 54 games at the tournament, you've averaged 243. So can you talk about what that means? And, and on the highest stage that us amateurs get to compete, I mean, I'm hard-pressed to go back and think of, again, an amateur and an amateur tournament who has been on such a run like you've been on. But can did any have you have you thought of that and put that in perspective? Um, to be totally honest, I really haven't. Um, you know, I get I really get wrapped up in in just focusing on going out there and labeling shots and filling frames and hitting the pocket. That uh, you know, I think a lot of the a lot of the stuff that takes people out of the moment there um, doesn't really happen to me. Um, the fact that I've averaged 243 there is, is definitely nothing but astounding. Um, what I can attest to that is the great amount of work that I, and preparation that I put into preparing for the tournament. And then not only that, but I'm very, very, very fortunate to get the ball with guys who helped me achieve the scores that I've shot out there. Um, my teammates, the Lynn's Lakers, are, are their family. I've grown up with them. I've known them just about my whole life. And we're very, very close. We bowl a lot of team tournaments together every year. And so they allow me to compete at a very high level at that tournament. Um, not only through the mental support, feeling comfortable with them, but uh, physically. Uh, you know, we execute a game plan, and it's you know, it, it's so simple. You're you're never second guessing anybody. You're always rooting for everyone. You know, we we do all the right things that uh, a team of ten selfless individuals should be doing, and I think that's why not only I I have a lot of success out there. But our team has a lot of success out there. If you look at the last, you know, five years uh, in team event, uh, we've been in the top 20. So, and and a few of those are top 10s. And I definitely think that is saying something for eight out of the 10 guys being well over 50. Great stuff, Matt McNeil. I, I had to catch up with you, and I know you're super busy with everything, but just thanks for taking some time to join me, and, and all the best of luck. Um, and we'll, we'll be chatting again down the road. 